Good morning and welcome to the Legacy of Love podcast. My name is Joseph Brooks and I am your host this morning. Let me tell you, it's a glorious morning. Yesterday, I drove to Austin to go see a friend of mine. He's um, in his 80s and his wife is in her 80s and they've been married, he said, 58 years. And so I go and, and I pull wisdom from him and I always have. And as many of you know, or you may not know, I lost my wife on 111 uh, of this year. So it's been a tough time. But on my drive to Austin, Texas, I had a breakthrough. God just broke my heart. And on the way back, he restored it. And I feel better than I've ever felt. And one thing I was feeling after my wife passed is I wasn't feeling. And I asked God on the way on the way to Austin, I said, make me feel again, make me feel emotion, make me feel love and compassion and kindness because I wasn't feeling those things. I was just numb, as you can imagine, losing your spouse over 30 years. And so on the way back, I, I cried and I woke up this morning and I was ready to go. And it's like God gave me a whole new heart and it's a heart full of, full of love and compassion. I just have so much to give. And so I want to share that with you this morning. I had initially started this podcast based on the love story that my wife and I had. And this morning, God moved me in a different direction. I'll share segments of that. But I have a question for you. Are you ready for love? And what I mean by that is we just throw that word around, you know, it's, it's, I love you, I love you, but love connotates so many different things and it sacrifices, you know, Jesus loved us and he died for us. So you have to ask yourself, are you willing to die for the one that you say you love? That's true love. And so you have to ask yourself, am I ready for love? In the dating world, you know, it's easy to confuse lust with love. I mean, you see someone, they're physically attractive, attractive, you're lusting after them, and you misconstrue that as love. But the true fact of the matter is, love gives, lust takes. Are you a giver or are you a taker? And that will determine whether or not you truly are ready for love. Are you willing to do what the other person wants to do in spite of not being the most favorite thing that you like to do? Like me, my wife used to love to shop. I detested it. I detested it. But I went because I knew that it was something that she enjoyed doing. And that's one of the sacrifices that we make. And so this morning, I'm going to cover some things, a little bit of our testimony and what we went through. And then I'm going to ask you if you're ready for love. And thank you so much for listening to my podcast, for sharing it, for subscribing to it, and for supporting me. This is a way that I've been able to just, it's therapy to me, being able to talk and help and inspire others. So please email me. Let me know if I'm affecting you or impacting you at josephbrooks50 at yahoo.com. And please let me know uh, if you have any subjects that you want me to cover. I have time. I'll do it. But this morning, my wife and I, when we, when we met, 
she's Hispanic, I'm black. And when we met, you know, you've heard part of our testimony. I, I just, I knew she was my wife. And so when she went home during that time, her father came from a generation where there was strong prejudices on that side between Hispanics and blacks. And uh, so he was very prejudiced at that time. And I remember we would talk on the phone and she told me about that. And after we were talking for a while, she said, my dad wants you to come to dinner. And uh, so I'm like, is this the same dad that doesn't like colored folk? And she said, she said, yeah. So I went to dinner and uh, Mr. G, as I, I know, know, knew him, he was sitting at the table. Her mom was sitting at the table. Adriana opens the door. I come in. He's just staring me down. And you, I want you to get a picture. He looked like an old-time gangster. And so he's just staring at me. And he had these green eyes, beautiful eyes. And he's just piercing at me. And my character is to be silly. So I'm like, hey, how you doing? And no reciprocation. It was the quietest dinner we ever had. So he never said a word to me. I left, continued to talk to Adriana on the phone. And about a week or two later, she said, my dad wants you to come back to dinner. And I knew this time that he was going to have his henchmen and they were going to take me out. But I went to dinner and I think he said one word to me. And then after that, he invited me again and more words were spoken. And we, we created this bond. And the amazing thing is God moved in that relationship to where we became the closest of friends and just had such a great love for each other. God just transformed his heart and it was a sacrifice. And so when you meet a situation like that, and I'm going to ask you this, are you ready? If you go and you meet the girl that you're dating, you meet her family and they don't like you for whatever reason, are you willing to stick in despite the fact that they may not like you, despite the fact they may even hate you? Are you willing to stick in because of that person that you love so much? Are you going to crumble because you say, man, this is too much. I didn't sign up for this. True love sticks. True love works it out and so we did and we ended up getting married I asked asked for Adriana's hand in marriage I asked her dad and he gave me approval his only instruction was I better take care of her and and so I I tried my best for 30 years and so we went through a lot folks a lot I mean we went through a period of time where we were broke and I always say this when I'm speaking we were poor. We were so poor, we couldn't afford the OR at the end of poor. So we were just poor. We were on food stamps. We were, we were struggling. But the one thing that we had was love. We loved each other so emphatically and so unrelenting that it held us through the eviction notices, the repos. You know, the, the worst feeling is this. When you wake up in the morning and you go outside and your vehicle's gone. And you don't know whether it's stolen 
or whether it was repo. That happened to us a lot. And I was working, I was trying to make ends meet, but the ends just weren't joining. We had, uh, I was telling someone the other day, we ate this government cheese. You get this cheese, they call them commodities. And you go to the church or, or government facility and they give you rice, they give you beans, they give you cheese, they give you staple food, solid food. And this cheese was like orange. I mean, it wasn't even yellow, it was like orange, but it was the best cheese that you'd ever eaten in your life. And my wife would make nachos, she'd make eggs and cheese, she'd make us eggs were cheap too. She'd make all kinds of things, she's very creative. And you know, we gather the kids up, we had all these little kids, we gather the kids and we'd just sit and we'd eat a good meal and and just enjoy each other. And, and that's what love was. And what love did in that situation is it blocked the fact that we were so poor. I asked the kids as they got older, I said, do you realize how poor we were? And they said, no, Dad, you and Mom never showed us that we were poor. And I believe that love shielded their eyes. Now, in a relationship, it's easy when you're going through that trial period, when you're struggling financially, to blame each other for your downfall, to blame each other, to start arguing, to start hating and resenting each other. That isn't the time to do that. There's no time to do that. That's when your bond should become stronger. We just held on to each other. We locked arms. And when they were knocking on the door to, to kick us out the apartment, we just locked arms and we prayed and we loved each other. And I opened the door and I said, I'm trying. And the favor of God would come upon us I remember there was a particular event. We were staying in an apartment and I hadn't paid the rent for a couple of weeks. I, I was working and I was riding the bus to work and one day I missed the bus and I called into work and I said, I'm sorry, I missed the bus. I'll catch a later bus. And they told me over the phone, don't bother coming back. So I lost my job. And I was, I was looking for jobs. I went to McDonald's. I went to uh, grocery stores. I, I had no pride. I was just trying to work to take care of my family. And now I know that it was God teaching me to trust him. So two weeks, you know, I couldn't pay the rent. It's two weeks after rent was due. And my wife said the godly thing to do is go to the apartment manager, tell her the situation and tell her you don't know when you'll be able to pay the rent. And I'm like, uh, have you seen that apartment manager? Our vision of this apartment manager, we were at the pool one day. She walks out with three other people and she picks his family out, curses them out in front of everyone and throws them out because they hadn't paid the rent. So anyway, I said, you're right. You know, the godly thing to do is go tell her the situation. It was, it was like I was walking to the electric chair. I walked so slowly to that office. No boldness, no God courageousness, none of that. No Samson, no none of that. No David. I was just scared. So I go to the office. I open the door and I hear just this profane language. You blah, 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 blah. And, and this woman's voice just cursing out. And it's coming from the apartment manager's office. 
So I say a quick prayer and I'm walking towards her office and she's cursing somebody out and I stand in her doorway and she holds up her finger like, hold on. And she's cursing, cursing, then she slams the phone down. And she says, may I help you? Come on in. So I go and I sit in front of this woman who's just been cursing profanely. I mean, foul mouth. I grew up on the east side with the bloods of Crips. I'd never heard anyone speak like this. So I sit in front of her and I said, ma'am, I lost my job. I told her the situation. And she said, what you're telling me is you can't pay my rent. And I said, yes, ma'am. And I don't know when I'll be able to because I don't have a job right now. And she looked me straight in the eye and her whole countenance changed. And she said, it's okay. Bad things happen to good people all the time. You pay me when you can, what you can. And when you're ready to move, I'll give you a good reference. And the owners will be here this week. So what we're going to do is we're just going to bypass your apartment. And you and your family just stay there as long as you need to. Talk about shock and awe. I'm looking at her like, uh, uh, what? So I get up and I walk out and the phone rings. And as soon as I hit the door, she's cussing somebody out. You, da, 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 da. And she held on to her, her promise. We stayed there three months until I was able to get a job and save some money. And she gave us a good reference when we were ready to move. She never gave us another eviction notice. It was like placing blood on the on the post like they did in Moses' day. You know, we were just covered by God and, and love kept us together. You know, had my wife approached that differently and said, you no good son of a gun, I married you and you ain't working three jobs to try to pay this rent. I got to take my babies and we gonna get kicked out. We gonna be on the street at a homeless shelter and it's all cause of you. And I, I, you know how that goes. And that's how arguments start. That's how divorce starts and separations. It's silly. Instead, we got together. We trusted God. She had, she's a big believer in Christ and faith that he could take care of everything. And he always did. So when those situations arise in your life, you have a decision to make. Even if your spouse is, is being upset with you or rejecting you in some way, you don't have to come down to their level. You pray for them and you tell them what they're doing. My wife had no problem telling me if I was neglecting her by not listening to her, if she didn't feel loved. If she, she told me straight up when we were married, she said, listen, if I don't feel loved, I'm going to tell you. If I feel like you're not paying attention to me, I'm going to tell you and you're going to fix it. She has some Latina blood in her. She was sweet and saucy and I loved her for it. But she let me know up front. So if Joseph was missing the beat, she would let me know and I'd get back on track. That's what love does. It isn't always pleasantries. Love isn't always euphoric where everything's great and blissful. Love's going to tell you the truth. So I ask you, are you ready to love? You say, I'm looking for love, but are you ready to take on everything that comes with it? To take on the ridicule, the persecution, the everything. 
Because when you say you love someone, Satan's going in on, he's going full on attack to break you up. 60% of marriages end in divorce. The rate is, is, is growing. It's growing. Why? Because Satan comes, he knows that if you're unified, if you have unity in your relationship, in your marriage, you're powerful. You are powerful. And he knows that you'll be able to break down barriers and knock down walls and create a legacy for your kids. That's unstoppable. So he'll throw silly things in just to break you up. Have you ever argued and realized how silly you're arguing? He didn't pick up his socks off the floor. And you spent three hours arguing for the fact that he didn't pick up his socks off the floor. She didn't put the lid back on the toothpaste. So you spent four hours arguing because she didn't put the lid on the toothpaste. Now, I say these because we've done marital counseling and these are some of the issues that come up and they're so ludicrous and silly. And Satan sits back and you're fighting each other and he's laughing because he knows that where that's going to end is going to split and you're going to label it irreconcilable differences. The reconcilable difference could have been just put the lid on the top and pick up your socks. That's how easy it is. And you save grief, you save money, you save heartache, you save pain. You're in love. That's what love does. Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. What does that mean? That means that when we're not quite living up to what our spouse expects us to do or the person we're in a relationship expects us to do, love covers that. It covers it. It's bigger than that. And so what my wife is really good at is she would forgive quickly and she'd love even quicker. And I've seen her heart broken and trampled on and destroyed, thrown in the trash. And she forgives that person. And she just loved him anyway in spite of that. That's what love is. So I ask you, are you ready to love? Are you just in lust because she look good, she fine, her lipstick look nice, she got a nice shape, she curvy, she smell good, those heels make her calves pop? I mean, you gotta, <laughs> that's lust. I, that That's great because you have that physical chemistry and physical attraction. But when she takes off the heels and she's in her slides and her calves are not popping and she hadn't taken a bath because she's been working, taking care of the kids all day and she smells a little foul and her hair isn't dead, you know, are you going to love her then? That's when the bones come out. That's when true love sets in. When you look into her eyes and she's still that woman that you married. She's still that woman that you said I love you to so many years ago or even recently, she's still that woman. That's what love does. It covers a multitude of sins. What is sin? It's separation from God. Anytime you separate from God, love brings you back in. We were separated as, as heathens and Gentiles from God. So Jesus died so that he could bring us back in through love. So I encourage you today, before you throw that word around, really think about it. Think about it. See, I put it in this perspective. If my wife and I were out and someone came to harm her, I'd stand in front of her. If 
that meant getting shot or getting stabbed or getting hit with a baseball bat, whatever. That's what love does. Lust will say, yeah, you got some nice calves, but so does a whole bunch of other women and run. So you got to decide, are you willing to die for the one that's walking by your side? Are you willing to sacrifice what you enjoy? I remember I was watching, I love football, I was watching the Super Bowl. And my wife wanted to talk. I'd messed up again. And she picked the precise times to talk. And she was like, I want to talk. And man, it was like the end of the Super Bowl. It was like two minutes left. Great game. Uh, okay, honey, we will. And she cut the TV off. And she said, no, I want to talk now. <sighs> man. Was I jolly and jovial? No. But she had a need that needed to be met at that period, at that point. And I, as a husband, had to be willing to love her enough, more than the guys on the screen who didn't do anything for me. They're just mere entertainment. But this woman was going to be with me the rest of my life. So I listened to her. And I got updates later. But that's what love does, y'all. So ask yourself, before you go into a relationship, are you ready to love? Are you ready to give your all? And even if you've been hurt in the past and you're guarding your heart, if someone comes into your life that wants to love you with everything that they have, let them. Because even though you may not be totally healed, that individual has more than a love, enough love to give to help you expedite your healing. But if you close your heart off and you don't allow that individual in and you keep asking God, please, God, heal me, please, God, heal me. Please send someone to heal me. And God's like, I'm, I'm sending this person to you. And you keep rejecting them. You won't have an opportunity to heal. So even if you're hurting and you're crying and you're grieving and you're in pain because you've been hurt in other relationships, perhaps lost a spouse like I did. If there's someone there that you just know God's put into your life, let them love you, man. Let them love you if, if they want to. If someone wants to pour their love out on you, let them. Stop looking. If, if you've presented everything, your case, and they still love you in spite of that, let them. That's true love. Because I'm not going to judge you for what's happened in the past. I'm not going to judge you for what's happening now. I'm not going to judge you. I'm just going to love you. Because that's how God first loved us, right? Could you imagine if he qualified us before he loved us? None of us would have been loved. But he just loved us. So I encourage you, go out today. Look at your spouse in the eye, your upcoming it's Valentine's Day coming up. Look at your spouse or the one that you're dating that, you know, and, and solidify that male-female relationship. Look, 
look each other in the eye and let each other know that I love you and what that means. Break it down. Don't just say it. Break it down. Say, I love you. And this is what I'm willing to do for you. I'm willing to be here for you. I'm willing to provide for you. I'm willing to take care of you. I'm willing to to lead you. I'm willing to walk side by side with you. I'm willing to die for you. I'm willing to sacrifice for you. And ladies, if you have a man that says, I want to take care of you. I want to meet your needs emotionally, mentally, financially. Let him. Stop saying, you know, I don't need no man. I'm an independent woman. I can do it all by myself. I'm a... Stop that. Stop that. Eve didn't tell Adam that. She didn't slap her fingers and say, shaking, bobbing her head, talking about, girl, please. I wish you would be trying to lead me somewhere and tell me what I'm supposed to do and tell me what I'm not supposed to Stop that. You let this man take care of you. That's how God established us. That's how God prepared us. What is that? What do I mean by take care of you? If he loves you, let him love you. And everything that, that brings with it, whether that means opening the door for you or paying for dinner for you or, or massaging your neck or caressing you or kissing you on the cheek or brushing your hair or painting your nails or sending you to the nail salon or spoiling you, let him. You have to remember, ladies, you were a gift to us, not the other way around. God gave Adam a job. First of all, priority, make sure that brother got a job so he could take care of you. Gave Adam a job, and then he gave him a gift, Eve, a beautiful gift. Not a donkey, not a horse, not a cat, not a dog, a beautiful woman to walk by his side. So walking that, ladies, I don't know how I got up on that, but you know, I advocate for all y'all, so I had to talk, and I'm loose now. I feel good, I'm healed, I'm, I'm ready to go. God loves you. He will keep you in the palm of his hand. And look for my marriage seminars coming up. They're called the Legacy of Love Marriage Seminars, Marriage and Relationship Seminars. And these are seminars where I'm going to teach you some practical things that you can use in your marriage and your relationships to help them last, to avoid becoming a statistic. Forget that divorce. It's costly and it doesn't make any sense. And you find oftentimes once you divorce, you're trying to get back with the person that you divorced from. Don't make any sense. So this will be coming up. I'll send information out. Please email me at josephbrooks50 at yahoo.com for more information. And also, I just want to say thank you. I love you. Let me pray for you and your relationships. Lord God, I just give you glory, praise, and honor. We thank you for this wonderful day. We rejoice in it. We lift praise unto you. Thank you for every marriage and relationship. That you sustain it, make it strong. And Heavenly Father, we just glorify and magnify the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the creator of every relationship. What you put together, no man can tear apart. We lift you up. We praise you. We thank you that we walk in true love. We never turn back. And we glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for all the supporters of the Legacy of Love Scholarship Fund. It's grown beyond anything I could think or imagine. The money that goes from our marriage seminars 
percentage will go to support that fund, support kids going to college, graduating seniors, who will take some pressure off of them as they enter the new next level of their education. And I thank you all. So God bless you. God keep you. And I love you. Take care.